0: To a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: (laughs) We are limited by outdated gender stereotypes both men in their lack of access to a wide range of emotions and caregiving and women in their limited access to leadership and power. It's in our best interest to move towards flexibility and being instrumental or nurturant as circumstances require. This means we stop telling boys not to cry or be like girls and stop telling girls to be nice little ladies. We need to encourage girls to go into leadership and STEM fields of science and technology and boys into caregiving professions. The consensus of our experts is that boys and men are not permitted to show vulnerability. This prejudice shuts down even being aware of some emotions, which is why every man and other men's groups begin with identifying body sensations. Asking for help may require being vulnerable, which fits in the threat to masculinity danger zone. This fear of being perceived as weak contributes to men's health problems and a higher suicide rate. Being shut down emotionally also inhibits men's intimate relationships with people they love, one of the reasons why women in English-speaking countries are much more likely to initiate divorce than men. Femininity is seen by sexists as weakening to precarious masculinity and can increase the fear of intimacy. Progress certainly isn't a straight line upward, as evidenced in the sexist cult led by Donald Trump. George Simmons finds in international surveys that about one-third of men support gender equality. Gail Kimball is hopeful because generations Y and Z tend not to limit themselves in regards to their gender roles or skin color. They have models to emulate as they assume more political power. Learning from Nordic gender equality programs, Danish emotional literacy instruction for children research on boys' development, like that done by Andrew Smiler and Warren Farrell, and supportive groups for boys, like those developed by Jerry Tallow and Ashante Branch. Promundo and Men Engage provide models of how to involve boys and men in activism for gender equality for all human beings. Valeria Tellez interviews Gail Kimball, the author of A Global Dialogue on Masculinity, 33 Men Speak. Gail Kimball, PhD, is an intuitive coach who teaches clairvoyance and healing webinars and is the author of over 20 books. They include other titles for parents and kids, 50-50 Parenting, The Teen Trip, The Complete Resource Guide, Your Mindful Guide to Academic Success, Beat Burnout, Everything You Need to Know to Succeed After College, and Climate Girls, Saving Our World. Other titles include Essential Energy Tools, How to Develop Your Clairvoyant and Healing Abilities, Illustrated with Videos and CDs, Mysteries of Reality, Dialogues with Visionary Scientists, Mysteries of Healing, Mysteries of Knowledge Beyond the Sense, and Quick Healthy Recipes. Gail has been a college professor most of her life. She's also a ballroom dancer. She invites you to check out her YouTube channel, Meet Gail at gailkimble.info. Here is the interview with Gail Kimble.
0: In your own words, who is Gail Kimball?
2: I am a hard worker. (laughs) I was talking with a friend today that I take walk with, and he says at the end of the day, he goes through his AA checklist of, you know, was I kind to people? Did I do this, do that? At the end of the day, I'm not proud of this, but what I say is how much did I accomplish? (laughs) It could be you know, getting the wash done or planting strawberries in my garden. So um, I would say that I'm kind of work focused. But I also love to dance and hike and do things with my grandson. So um, to answer your question, I'm a hardworking, curious person who is in movement. I'm a Gemini and like Mm -hmm of different things going on around
0: me. I think this is a good time to ask you a question about what's happening in the world today with this war. What is your view about the war between Russia and Ukraine?
2: Well, it really ties into the book that we're discussing, A Global Dialogue on Masculinity, because Putin is the extreme macho, autocratic man. You know, he poses with a uh, His shirt off, not that he's got that great of a chest, (laughs) (laughs) he poses with his shirt off. He poses killing some animal. He poses scuba diving. So he really tries to get the message across that he is a manly man and hard versus soft. So to be able to kill people in children's hospitals and maternity hospitals and see the pictures of the scared children and, you know, the pregnant woman who died, Uh, you, you have to be totally cut off from your empathetic, tender feelings. So somehow he's been able to cut himself off from any kind of empathy or caring, which I guess makes him a sociopath, but also the extremes of masculinity. So to me, one of the the advantages, the silver lining of this terrible, terrible war, is that autocrats were gaining across the world. We had Bolsonaro in Brazil, and President Xi in China, and Orbán in Hungary, and Duarte in the Philippines, and Trump in the U.S. And those guys were not only autocrats; they're they're male chauvinists, and they denigrate women. Like Bolsonaro in Brazil said, people who wear masks are fairies, as in gay people. Um, and we, so part of being an autocrat is being a sexist. Xi uh, has a big campaign in China against, quote, sissy men entertainers. So um, I think we can look at this as the extremes of uh, negative masculinity, a cult of negative masculinity.
0: I guess that my follow-up question is the causes for that. I know in the book you discuss some of them, but I would love to hear like, what are the main ones? What causes a man to have these distorted views of masculinity?
2: Well, I think we can go back to 98 percent of human history we were hunters and gatherers and we lived in egalitarian democratic little bands of people and the people who were revered were talented skilled people older people who knew that there wasn't like a head man or there wasn't a boss so for most of human history we weren't we didn't have that cult of masculinity. Men were happy to hold the babies and tend the children. So Karl Marx would say that capitalism arose with agriculture, settled life, wanting to pass on your accumulated property to your heirs and thus control women so you'd know who you were, heirs were for sure. And so capitalism wanted men to be shut down with their from their feelings so they work all the time and be away from their families and go to war because if you were in touch with your feelings those young russian recruits um would would say i'm not going to go fight my cousins my brothers and sisters in ukraine but they're taught you have to be a real man shove down your feelings and um I was surprised in interviewing men for a global dialogue on masculinity that even the young men in their 20s, Generation um, Z and Alpha, they also heard, you know, don't big boys, don't cry, don't show your feelings. You know, maybe around 11, 12, they heard you're the man of the household, be a man, which means don't show your vulnerabilities tender feelings you can show anger joy and succeeding but you can't show your vulnerability so it's trained out of them
0: do you feel that this is still happening in family in households today yes i know it is and um i
2: know i raised uh, my son people told him like his stepmother told him big boys don't cry and i told him oh no crying is very healthy. It's really the way we heal. It's good to cry. But even my son, who was raised by a feminist, he doesn't want his son, who's now 11, to wear pink. I mean, you know, so there's these strong social pressures that you want to prove and signal your masculinity. So, yeah, it's still going on. But I must say that people in my grandson's age that I know, because I hang out with him a lot and his friends, they are very open to diversity. They don't care what color your skin is. They don't care your gender. And I was kind of surprised that even at that age, some of them are saying, I'm gender non-binary, or I'm questioning my gender. So somehow it's that questioning gender, gender is flexibility, has seep down among young population, even that young, in elementary school.
0: Even though we try, or some of us try to change this legacy of misconceptions of masculinity, society as a whole, it's still doing quite the opposite.
2: Look, we elected Trump. I mean, we elected him the second time, but he's the epitome of that kind of disparaging women and uh, not respecting women and thinking it's okay to grab women if you have power, or whatever. So yeah, there's he. There's a lot of people who love him, and they partly they love him because he seems masculine, whatever in the in the, what I consider the
0: negative sense of the word. So that's something that it's much deeper than we think it is, right, Gail? Changing these concepts, these ideas collectively.
2: Well, and also, I there's a debate about this, and men in the book debate how much of our behavior is nature, our, and how much is nurture, how much is our genetic inheritance, and how much is our socialization, and one camp thinks it's all nature, and the other thinks, I mean, that it's all nurture, it's all our socialization, how we're conditioned, and the other camp thinks, no, we have to talk about brain differences and hormone differences and the effect of testosterone and the effect of estrogen so um i think we can't deny that we have different bodies although the differences are pretty small but they're they're there i know with my son and i hear this from other parents too i didn't buy him guns so he and his friends would take sticks and go (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah so they they would make guns out of whatever was found in nature. So, yeah, there's, I think, obviously, there's hormonal influence as well.
0: I absolutely agree. Another question that comes to mind, it goes back to um, emotions. I know you mentioned in the book also, it's another topic about the connection between not being aware of our emotions so being afraid to express them and mental health and even suicide among men. So I'd love to hear more about that. I mean we are doing so much, but it's still so high suicide is the numbers are so high
2: right and they're climbing and men yeah. are the people who who commit suicide the most yeah. yes yeah and yeah. Uh, but the suicide rates are climbing for adolescents of, of both genders um, and there's there's a lot of pressure on young people of both genders or multiple genders, however you look at it, to succeed. Um, and at least girls, women, are allowed to um, call up their friends. You've done this. I know I've done this. You call up your friends and say, I need to bitch. You can have a bitch session. Yeah. This is a good time for you. I <laughs> yes. want to explain about my husband or my <laughs> boss or something. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, blah, blah, blah. Um, And men, Men aren't allowed to do that in the same way. Warren Farrell says that if a man tries to share a problem with his friend, he'll either say, oh, well, have you tried da-da-da? Why don't, you know, he'll give him a solution. He doesn't let him really unwind emotionally. Or he'll say, oh, well, let's go have a beer and go watch the game, the basketball game, or, you know, they'll, they'll deflect. So I I think um, in general, women have more avenues to express their feelings and get emotional support. And also studies show that as men get older, they get lonelier, they have fewer friends. And I was surprised to find that the highest divorce rate is among baby boomers. I was doing research for my book on happy marriages, long happy marriages, and I didn't
0: expect that. So it doesn't get better for men as they age doesn't help anyone, right? If it doesn't help, no. uh, the individual won't help society collectively either.
2: And I think what we need to do
0: is look for models of
2: programs that educate boys as well as girls about feelings. And uh, Denmark comes up a lot of, of having programs that start in preschool where they help kids identify and name their feelings. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling rejected or whatever A preschooler feels so I think the solution is to have educational programs from preschool kindergarten on in emotional literacy and how to uh, talk about your feelings how to resolve conflicts how to deal with bullying uh, how to deal with peer pressure Um, we, we that needs to be part of the school
0: curriculum and I don't understand why it's not part of it yet because we have seen the consequences of not accessing feelings or giving this education to human beings in general what it will take for us to realize that feelings are crucial they need to be expressed and, and felt and recognized and understood and i just wonder what will take because it has been chaotic already
2: yeah I'm hoping that Putin and the downfall of some of the other autocrats like Trump and Bolsonaro will make the point, the negative point. This is what happens when you have unbridled uh, extreme masculinity. Um, I I was curious about what kind of female influence Putin has. So what I saw when I looked it up is he was married and divorced, had two daughters, and then... He has maybe three children with his mistress who lives in Switzerland, who is a very young, beautiful champion gymnast. And supposedly they have three children, but she lives in Switzerland. So um, I can't imagine that he has any tender, loving women around him to soften him and say, Vladimir, Vladimir. You're killing children in Ukraine. Stop it. What do you think you're doing? I'm not going to have sex with you anymore if
0: you stop this. That would be incredibly helpful, I'll I'll say. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that that is funny but true. (laughs) He needs that. Gosh. Talk to me for a moment, Gail, about feminism and how that affects these views of masculinity and how men kind of see themselves. I wonder if there is a, an effect on men from feminist ideas and concepts.
2: Well, you know, there's many different branches of feminism, but and I talk about that in my book called Brave, Young Women's Global Revolution. Um, and oh the... Radical feminists of the 60s and 70s tended to really emphasize that gender is um, created by our socialization um, and that it's flexible and it's not given biologically. Um, And so that's influenced men, too, to have more freedom that just because I have a male body doesn't mean I can't knit or I can't cry at a movie or i can't be nurturant um and i know that since i wrote my books 50 50 marriage and 50 50 parenting decades ago things have really changed it used to be that if a man was with a baby or child in the park people would think he's a pervert or oh that's so nice he's babysitting for his wife but it wasn't it wasn't widely seen and now As you know, it's totally different. You see little kids all the time and no one thinks they're a pervert or that they're helping their wives. They just think, oh, it's a father and a child going to the zoo on Sunday or whatever it is. So I think feminism has really emphasized that men should be fathers and husbands as well as workers and given men freedom to do that. But I must say that there's plenty of men today who are afraid to take father leave from work, that they'll be considered not a serious worker, they won't be as likely to get advanced. So things are really slow to change in some ways, but on the other hand, it's radical change in terms of men being proud to be fathers and husbands and boyfriends, not just athletes and breadwinners. Success, uh, with the women's movement said, okay, women are trained to be sex objects and men are trained to be success objects.
0: In your book, you mentioned one of the topics is the differences between feminism and equalism.
2: In the men's movement, there are different branches and there are pro-feminists and some of them like an organization called National Organization of Men Against uh, Sexism. They call it nomos. Some of those men or men in a, the psychological association from the APA, they don't want to talk to men. They consider men's rights. Um, leaders like Warren Farrell, they don't want to even talk to them. So that was one of the purposes of the book and was to get them talking. And we did one webinar with men from these different branches. That's on my YouTube channel, and I'm doing another one with men from the book on April um, 30th. And so like Warren Farrell, he is called a men's rights activist because he, he thinks that men often get cheated out of access to their kids after divorce. And he wrote a book called The Boy Crisis, where he, he says how, how much boys are hurt by not having a father in in the household and so he says he's not a men's rights activist he's he believes in gender equality so so the feminists emphasize ways in which women are hurt by the patriarchy and the gender equality leaders emphasize that we need to consider both one one of the the people in the book called jack kammer calls himself a counter feminist So he says he's not anti-feminist because he believes in equality and equal rights for women. But he thinks men get shortchanged. And so then he's a counter-feminist.
0: What is your vision, Gail, for the future? Future meaning 10 years from now, five years from now. Do you see a much better resolution when it comes to gender equality?
2: I think... That I'm encouraged when I see young people, like I mentioned, the elementary school kids that I know, they they don't they don't even think, oh, that kid has black skin. It, it it doesn't even register. They don't. It's not a big deal. She's a girl, or she's bi, non-binary, whatever. So they really, my my grandson divides people in terms of their interests. So he he's in the click that is the imagination click so they you know they they read Percy Jackson books about mythological gods and goddesses, so he's in the imagination click, and then there's like the athlete click but it 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 doesn't have anything to do with your body or your you know, whether you have a this kind of genitalia or that, so I am optimistic, but one of the men in my book who started is is involved with the called um Every man, a mankind project he he's he said look at tiktok and he said you won't uh, be very encouraged <laughs> to see what what kids are posting so um there's ugly stuff and there's beautiful stuff and human beings are mixed I, I had a spiritual teacher who said, this is a kindergarten planet. <laughs>
0: <And> uh,
2: <laughs> that helps me sometimes think, okay, we're on a kindergarten planet.
0: So we need to just relax and, um, and kind of be peaceful within, right? In the way.
2: Empathy, yeah. That they're not very evolved.
0: I tend to, uh, maybe not to believe in spiritual ideas like that, but I, I do feel that this is um, almost like an experiment what's happening here. So it's almost like coming here to experience the love that we are. And that has been the challenge and the journey and everything else in between. Just getting to love, unconditionally love one another.
2: And the experience has to do with gaining growth, with evolving. So if you look at nature, if you look at the history of the planet, it's about evolution. And I think that's true on the individual level, too, that we're here to grow and evolve and be all we can be and as you say that be, that includes becoming one with the source which is love and intelligence
0: there's something about nature a life itself that's always very supportive of itself and it seems to be leading in that direction of getting to live in harmony although it never happened right Gail? And, and the history of humankind, I don't think we have a, a time in history where we all lived in harmony.
2: Uh, I, I think those hunters and gatherer bands, they did. Right, they right. And that's most of human history. So if you're looking at our DNA and our biological destiny, we're, we're, we're wired to cooperate.
0: So you speak of those small groups, tribes, indigenous, but not a lot in a large scale, right? Uh, millions, billions of people living together in harmony. That never happened.
2: You know, well, that, that, that may not be true. In, in the book, um, was it in this book? Yeah, in this book I talk about, um, there's been recent studies. There's a big 500-page book that David Gerber and a co-author wrote, where they write about ancient cities with thousands of people in, in the Near East, that um, like what's now Turkey, and that they didn't fight wars. They had big community meeting places. They had goddesses and gods. So um, we don't know, we haven't heard, learned about those in school, but there were thousands of years of these cities with a lot of people, thousands of people that did live peacefully. And uh, again, the book is by David Gerber, and I will grab it. It's called The Dawn of Everything, A New History of Humanity by David Graber and David Wengrove. G-R-A-E-B-E-R-W-E-N-G-R-O-W.
0: What was different about the way that they operated, like the consciousness, the way of thinking? What was different about them?
2: Well, it was the cooperation. Like they had assembly buildings where people could meet and discuss. And there was equality between men and women. They didn't differentiate, you know, like one has more superiority to the other. They were treated the same way after burial and that kind of thing. And as I say, they they, they found a relic where this goddess is sitting on a tiger's. She's female deity. So it, I think it it was like a carryover of the cooperative spirit of the hunter gatherer bands, translated to city living. And I don't think they know why um, they ended. I do know that like Crete and the matriarchal maybe cultures there were ended by bands of nomadic patriarchal warrior god invaders from from the northeast so i i
0: don't know what happened to i don't think they know what happened to those peaceful cities in the when i think about consciousness or the mind itself, it has been said that we all affect one another and we influence one another by change ourselves. So how could that happen? How can we have been there already at some point in the human body as living consciousness? And then in a way we degraded, we kind of regressed. Is that possible for consciousness to regress?
2: Well, looks like it. Right, right. What I'm thinking about is in... The Old Testament, it talks about Adam and Eve had a place of bliss and innocence, and then they had to fall out of innocence, tasting the tree of knowledge and experience. So maybe we had to realize that greed and anger and selfishness and possessiveness um, uh, don't work. But it's taken us a very long time to not get
0: that message. But then when we think about consciousness and um, the big picture of it, there's no time and space. So yeah. It feels like it has been a long time, but maybe it ha- hasn't really. How fascinating. Do you have specific spiritual practices these days, Gail? Um, well, I interviewed 65
2: visionary scientists for a trilogy, the Mysteries of Healing, Mysteries of Reality, Mysteries of Knowledge Beyond our Senses. And so I... I learned from that um, how how powerful thought is, consciousness is, and how we affect the Earth's electromagnetic field, and it influences us, and quantum physics tells us that there's an information field that connects all. But basically, my belief was formulated in high school when I read Houston Smith's Religions of Man. And the Hinduism and Buddhism chapters taught about karma and reincarnation, cause and effect. And that's what I believe. I believe we're here to grow and that um, what we do comes back to us. And so I have a daily meditation practice and I teach a Zoom class every two weeks where we do healing and clairvoyant work. Um, and that's described in my book. Sorry about that. Um, and essential energy tools, how to develop your clairvoyant and healing abilities.
0: Do you believe in mind continuation? That whatever we do here, uh, we come back and, well, and kind of relive I do, it? Well, I think there's scientific reason to believe it. The,
2: um, the University of Virginia uh, med- medical doctors like Ian Stevenson, they've collected over 2,500 reports of children who remember their past lives very specifically very concretely so i i think that there's evidence from that and from people who have near-death experiences and they talk about meeting relatives on the other side while they were dead and you know being greeted by a being of light and reviewing their life to see what they've learned and didn't learn so i think there's a lot of at least anecdotal thousands of case studies that show that spirit does continue. And in my clairvoyant work, I've communicated with people who passed on.
0: So, oh, wow. You know, yeah. talk to them. <laughs> I think I tried to have some of these experiences just to kind of confirm because I already believed in them. Mm-hmm. But then I never had them. And I wonder why that is the case, too, that some of us have access to this. Um, truth is understanding that life continues but some of us don't have you had any insights on that well I think on
2: some level it doesn't matter what happens in the future what matters is that I try to be a good person now if I think I'm gonna die and that's it or if I think my spirit continues um, what matters is how I behave what kind of energy I put out now so it's, it's fun to have those kind of tax but uh, it's not imperative
0: thank you so much again gail for the continued collaboration being close to me you never left me anyway since the first time we met it's like it's a very strong presence that you have positive and uplifting that stays with me i wonder why (laughs) well but i don't want to answer that question either so i just kind of let it be thank you so much for being you and everything that you. you do Thank you. And before we say goodbye today, where can we find more information about you, your books, your products, your seminars, everything that you're doing online these days? Uh,
2: www.gaylkimble.info. That's G-A-Y-L-E-K-I-M-B-A-L-L.info. Or you can email me at gkimballphd
0: at gmail. Wonderful. I have the website and I'll have that on your podcast profile too. Thank you again and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Bye. Gail.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Gail Kimball and her work, please visit GailKimball.info.